You are the host, right? No, you are. Really? Yeah. I'm, am I not? Are, are you not? I totally thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, when is he going to fucking start? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, you were. You're probably right. You're probably- because uh, last, last time I did that stupid... Uh, Oh yeah, uh, we, <laughs> wrap my head around how to how to get into this. Basically, the season's over, so just start with that. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, welcome back to our world. This is Underdogs. It's Saturday, August 28th. We're recording in Toronto time at 12.40 p.m. right now. Uh, David has returned from the East Coast. Uh, Halifax, his his old stomping grounds. Uh, the, The last time that we recorded... Um, we, we had just witnessed a clash of MVP candidates. Vlad had just fallen out of the race. Uh, we had just come off of the highlight of the season, the, the, the home return to Toronto where everything seemed possible. The, the playoffs were within grasp. And, and since then, everything's fallen to shit. Everything is is collapsed, crumbled. The the playoff chances for the Blue Jays have plummeted. The Yankees have won thirteen in a row. Go fuck yourselves, Yankees suck. Um, our playoff odds, I believe, stand at eight percent now. So there is a chance. There is a chance, people. I am not going to be. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie to you. It's pretty, it's pretty bleak. And the thing that I really am struck with is why we even like, why we are so hung up about making the playoffs at this point. Like as if it, as if it means some sort of success, because I tell you what, if, I mean, if we played like this and like we played in a different division or whatever happened uh, and we somehow made the playoffs even if we go on a playoff run now how deep do you think we're going who the fuck cares we're not good it's not a good enough team to win in the playoffs so why are we so hung up about this 8% chance of making the playoffs like i don't where do you stand on that david yeah i don't know it just feels over it feels that I mean, it makes it this hard to do. There was just so much momentum going into the home opener, and it's so difficult to uh, take away an element of magic to sports because you want to believe that there's this otherworldly element that can infect uh, a team and they can go on a run. And the narrative was so nice. They come back to Toronto after they hadn't been there for so long Springer came back Springer hit that massive three run home run in the Rogers center felt like one of those moments that was going to carry them into the season. And now uh, 8%, 8%, 8%. And the the thing that's so fucking annoying about 8% is that I'll still hold on Mm -hmm. with my, 
with my dirty little fingernails into the edge of that cliff and I'll still try to like climb up and I'll still be invested, but it's so disheartening. I don't know what it actually takes for me to fully believe. Like in my mind, I say, you know, fuck that. They're not going to the playoffs. Fuck them. But I don't fully believe that. I still think that there's a chance. Now, three weeks ago or whatever, we would have said, if they make it to the playoffs, they got a real shot because we would have said, you've got Ryu, you've got Ray, and you've got Barrios. That's like three very capable pitchers going into a series. You wouldn't have to deal with the Steven Matz. You wouldn't have to deal with Steven Matz has Ross been great. Also, also, sorry, I can't even believe I <laughs> fucking forgot Alec Manoa. Yeah. Like you could you know, throw him into the mix and throw out Ryu at this point, to be honest with me. Um, but then all of a sudden now, it's just like everything feels hopeless. Barrios hasn't really looked that good. Ryu's looked bad. And it just all of a sudden feels like, oh, now we're just watching a bad team. And Vladdy, Vladdy's still you know, his numbers are still good, but his fall off has been significant. So you don't even have the hope of him, you know, battling for the MVP. It just feels done. Everything feels done. It's just wet garbage. Well, I don't know. You saying magic and what, what could change? Could, could that holding out hope, you know, what if Springer, I don't know, came back tomorrow and what if we swept the nine games against the Orioles? And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I'll, I guess I brought up the Yankees in that little intro to say that, you know, the Yankees were, were looked really, really bad. Not but a month ago. And, you know, the trade deadline acquisitions have injected something in there, but they, they haven't actually performed all that great there. But they were a team that figured some things out. And I'll, uh, maybe George Springer comes back, injects... I mean, George Springer changed the team, right? We, uh, we became uh, an amazing team at home with George coming back and figuring it out. You know, it's, he t- it took him a bit of time and maybe it'll take him a bit of time again and we, we will be out of time. But the lineup right now, dude, the lineup right now drives me fucking mental. Right, it's tough. It's tough for fucking George Springer to keep coming back from these injuries and just be this like MVP caliber guy. Like, how many lower body injuries can he sustain before, like you know, he just can't get back in rhythm? He's got a month, so you think he's going to come back? Say he comes back tonight, sweeping Baltimore in nine games—that's hard to do. I don't care what team Baltimore lost nineteen in a row. They can't just just doesn't make any sense that they just lose nine more. And I know you'd say, well, they lost nineteen in a row. It's like, well. Teams just don't lose that much. Like how, how can you lose that much? At some point, you're just going to run into one. At some point... Well, they did. Though. They Matt- did. They did eventually. And I was really worried about that, David, because I was like, they're going to be losing. They're going to be on this historically long losing streak. And then they're going to play, play the Blue Jays yeah. and they're going to fucking sweep us or something. It's going to be ridiculous. But they have lost now. So that we've, we've gotten that. Or they've gotten their couple. They got two wins in a row. These other wildcard teams are playing well. You know, you're not going to catch the Yankees. You can't catch something that you're that far behind that's running at the same pace as you are. No, you know, but Oakland's like, been like, not great. Well, we're, we've won three out of our last 10. Yeah. And we're losing against Detroit, uh, Washington. You know, these aren't like, I mean, Detroit's actually been on basically like a similar pace as the Blue Jays in the second half of the season. So Detroit is not as bad a team as you might think they are. But Washington's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Washington is embarrassing. And that was a horrible, horrible sweep. And that's what really started this 
turn. That was like where you were like, oh, I thought we were headed to the promised land, but we just took a, a sharp left into this murky swamp and our car's sinking. Yeah. Um, but we did lose George. I don't know, man. Like what kind of team, like you have that much offensive power. And yeah, he's incredible. Yes, he's the catalyst at the top of the lineup. Yes, he's your $150 million guy and you pay him to do those things. But it can't be that fragile. And they played so many games without him in the first half of the season. He's only played, I think, 49 games. Yeah, but Randall Gritchick was good then. Well, this is my point, though, is that <laughs> people have to pick up the slack. Like, think about the like the the Yankees injuries, or like any like so many teams deal with injuries. It's not like a Blue Jays only situation, especially when it comes to pitching in 2021. People are dealing with tons, tons of injuries, and with George Springer, you should be able to like challenge to go deep into the playoffs. But without him, if you have a good team, you should still be able to manage to find your way into the playoffs potentially with the other guys that you have. Yeah. It, why does it feel like we play better against good teams lately, too? Like, you know, that split with the White Sox, the pitching has just been outstanding. Other than Ryu and Barrios, couple couple starts, like, unbelievable. It's so weird watching these games, like one nothing, one one games, and that the bullpen hasn't given up all of them. Like, it's crazy. That's what it feels like. Feels like you know, if you don't sign Robbie Ray and you just waste this incredible season that he's on. Yeah. Like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be, he'll be top for Cy Young for sure. Oh, for sure. But the thing about this George Springer loss though, is like, what the fuck happened last night? Why is, why is Josh Palacios up here starting in center field? And I also like, everyone's questioning that and his stupid dive to try and, catch the ball and i get I, I understand that man i would do the exact same fucking thing probably eight five times out of out of ten i'm i'm gonna be what you would dive for that well probably oh fuck man that was the one of the dumbest plays i've seen in a long time like you don't have to be i don't care if he's a rookie i don't care if he's never played center field before he's been playing baseball his whole fucking life he was in center field it was the bottom of the eighth inning in a tie game and there is a sinking line drive coming at him all he has to do is keep the ball in front of him the worst thing that's going to happen is it kicks up maybe hits but it keeps in front of him. maybe the guy gets to second base he dives for an uncatchable ball that lands like 15 feet in front of him it's it's in the like one of the biggest ballparks in all of major league baseball and then the guy just fucking whistles around the bases that was as like stupid a play as I've seen in a long time. I'm just saying if there's a ball that I think I can dive and catch, half the time I'm going to do it and half the time my brain's going to be like, no, no, be smart, be smart. Yeah. But you haven't gone up the ranks of MLB no. clubs playing in single A, double A, triple A, having uh, outfield coaches and infield coaches and, and other managers on teams like, you know, putting stuff into your ear about game situations and what you should do and shouldn't do. And what are some non-negotiables in the way that you approach it? I feel like that's just you being you wanting to catch a ball because like you have a romantic idea of, you know, being the hero of the game and you want to like. And and that's what it felt like he yeah, was fucking doing. It's like, what are you fucking doing? What in the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh it's so stupid. But like I just is that how is that is that where we're at with Randall Gritchick right now? Where we're like in this like we're in the race to tr just try and scrape out every win and we have 
we can't start Randall at at, at at center, or did he just need a day off? What the fuck happened? No one would ever assume he was going to make a play like that. You just wouldn't. You don't foresee that happening. You probably just look at certain metrics and you say he covers this much ground. It was he has his this much speed. second time starting in center field. As as, sure. as in all of the minors and majors, he, he's never played. You could have taken anybody. Before. You could have taken anybody on that team. You Bobashek could have been playing center field. You could have taken fucking Marcus. You probably could have had Alejandro Kirk playing center field. They wouldn't have dove for that fucking ball if they couldn't catch it. He was nowhere near it. All I'm saying is, man, like, why why are we in the end of August starting a guy in center field who's who's basically never played there before? I don't know. You never know. You never know behind closed doors that Randall's like, look, my fucking knee is killing me or like, you know, my my fucking ankle is cracked or mm-hmm. whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. But they must have had a reason for it. I don't imagine they pick names out of a hat. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe because Josh Palacios has uh, good sprint speed and they're in the biggest ballpark in the big leagues, they're just sort of like, oh, maybe this works out. But And so then what happens, maybe he hears that and he's like, yeah, yeah, baby, I got good sprint speed. I'm going to show everybody. And then a ball comes in like that and he's like, I'm going to show everybody. And then the game's over. At least, I mean, I'd probably be upset about this too. It's always just whichever way fucks it up but man like put tay oscar and back in center field and put palacios in right where he's used to playing at least we've at least we've seen tay oscar play center and like he arguably was better in center field than he is or used to be in right he's pretty solid in right but like the the defense man the defense of our outfield without george Springer, it's like uh guriel liability <laughs> right but yeah. We if if he's not playing then then Dickerson's playing and then we're missing out on Guriel's bat and you know it's it's just a, it's just a clusterfuck out there and like we're so right-handed like it's great having it's I I I I wish I could see Dickerson in left every game from here on out but I don't necessarily want Guriel clogging up the DH spot every game either it's 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 tough how quickly we get exposed like, yeah. because you have all of these high-end talent at the front of your team. But as soon as you take one piece away and then you go down the list to try to figure out how to plug that hole, it just gets real complicated real fast. Yeah, which is why like, it ex- also exposes how fucking valuable Marcus Simeon is and that if Bo's out for a game, you have this other gold glove uh, backup or if, or if, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Maybe not vice versa. We're not seeing Bo over at second necessarily, but um, you know what I mean. So here's a question. I've heard this question posed, but I'm really interested in what your what your answer is. You have an option to sign Robbie Ray or Marcus Simeon. You can only sign one. Who would you sign? God, man, uh, it's it's so hard to it's so hard to choose because the, I don't. Know, I was gonna you, here. Here's a like a little like like little question to get us into this. Do you who do you believe in more to be able to repeat what they've done this year? Simeon. Hmm. Definitely Simeon. 
But then again, um, like like Robbie Ray's strikeout numbers have been insane his whole career. Um, but he hasn't necessarily thrown it over the plate his whole career, and you know, it's two pitches. One thing that I will say about the criticism of Robbie Ray, and now everyone you can't like no one can utter a sentence without saying that he's a max effort guy and that people worry about that. I feel like that is just straight up horseshit. And I feel like people are so distracted by the fact that he grunts to 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 mean that he like is like whatever max effort like show me a fucking pitcher who isn't basically hucking the ball as hard as he can every time he throws a pitch even like like people aren't holding back like Ryu like when he throws his fastball he's trying to throw it as hard as he can if he could throw it if he could throw it harder and faster he would be everyone's a everyone's a max effort guy and the fact he also put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason, that is an insane amount. I mean, that's arguably a steroid level of muscle to put on in the offseason. And when Robbie Ray went through like a very brief struggle, maybe, I don't know, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago or something like that, it was like, oh, 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 he's hitting the tank. Like he's going to, he's going to crap out now. He's, he's back. Mm-hmm. He's dominant. He's striking everybody out still. He's making it through this season at full strength. And I would say that, you know, in part it's because um he put on that muscle in the offseason. You'd have to think that his conditioning comes into play. Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray didn't choose to wear tight pants. He just changed his body and wore the same uniform. <laughs> yeah. The but choosing between them, I, I just think it, it's tough because, like, if you say, I, I just don't know. It's hard to it's hard to know what the value is and the difference between an ace starting pitcher and then like uh, an all star second baseman. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, Marcus Simeon plays every day, so he's going to contribute every day at the plate. But the starting pitcher has more, um, like capability of um affecting the game to a higher degree yeah it's i mean they both are like i think respectively like top two or three and simeon leads position players in war i still find that shocking because his numbers have dropped quite a bit he he had an electric first half of the season i know and it also shows like you know probably because like vladdy's war has dropped a bit yeah but he's second I mean, depending on who you're looking at, but Robbie Ray for pitching war, I think is in the top three as well. So he's in top four for Cy. Like you could make a bunch of money right now if you bet on Robbie Ray to win the Cy Young. Yeah, true. So choosing between them, I don't know. I'm I'm probably I love them both, but like I've got a couple of Robbie Ray jerseys in different websites, like. shopping carts that i haven't like purchased so like i mean i'm a big robbie ray dude yeah but a lot of that is like well maybe not a lot but an element of that for sure is his style and the way he he goes about it and not necessarily like you're not that that jersey's not getting you're not hitting purchase on that jersey on results only no, absolutely not. But then there are other things about him that make me question it. Like, is someone was they're talking about how he was like winding down after his game the other night and like put on some Christian music in the car and like his Instagram is like first thing it says is follower of Christ. And then I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this isn't my kind of a dude. 
I had no idea. Uh, I had no idea. I can't believe you just told that to me right now. Oh my god! Riding home after fourteen Ks, putting on some some Christ Christ soft Christ rock. I would like to know when, if that's always been the case, or if he found Christ in the last off season, and that's why he's been good. Because I have time. If he found Christ last off season. And then he became really good, you know, whatever. Christ did it. I'm fine with that. But yeah, if it's just cool. always been a thing, if it's always been a thing, then. Uh. Whoa. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm worried about is the Dodgers. I feel like the Dodgers are just going to come and just like puke money at Robbie Ray. And they're going to gobble him up and steal him from us. Because you get the impression that uh, maybe uh, some of that uh, giant amount of money that uh, would have been going to uh, one Trevor Bauer might be coming off the books next season and they might want another uh, dude to come in and blow people away with strikeouts and uh, pay a bit more money than... And, and, you know, they played in the same division... That's what I'm saying. Like, why would you want to go back in there and like go back into all these places where you struggled? Like, as soon as you walk into those buildings, it just smells like failure to you. You just the clubhouse is all these like moments and places where you've just been like, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Oh Christ, am I ever gonna pitch again? All of those stadiums where he's been shelled and walked people and probably been booed in his own home crowd like you'll probably go back to arizona and get fucking booed uh i just think you'd or the opposite man you go back into this place that you struggled and you're the fucking new sheriff in town and you're in padres stadium and they're like this is not the same robbie ray <laughs> <laughs> robbie ray strikes out the side <laughs> the padres can't do anything <laughs> Look at that slider! Look how tight his pants are! His <laughs> pants were never this tight on the Diamondbacks! Oh, that's what I'm saying, man. There might be that kind of a situation where he wants that. Maybe. I mean, I guess... <laughs> I guess you can't... Takeaways, but I'm just laughing at that. I can't even think of. Uh, <laughs> I guess you can't like take away someone's desire to want to right their wrongs. Revenge yeah. is sweet, man. Revenge is sweet, but I don't imagine you have a big revenge thing in you if you're listening to Christian rock in your car on the way home. Like I don't think he he's at home uh, jerking off over a poster of the Giants when he's listening to Christian Rock. Or maybe he is. Maybe that actually makes it more obvious that that's something that he's doing. It's hard to know. It is hard to know. I had a look. Me, I had this idea and kind of a question for you regarding the same thing, but it's a little different. It's a kind of a cycle of moves here. Go with me. So... Simeon says, I want to come back. I'll do it for a decent price. Bo's got to move to second. I got to be the shortstop. Um, Bo says to you, fuck that. I ain't moving to second. And you look at your little championship window and all this kind of thing, and you you get a call from uh, the Marlins, and they say, what do you think about Sandy Alcantara for Bo Bichette? Straight up. 
And all of a sudden, you've got Marcus Simeon at shortstop and Bo Bichette's on the Florida Marlins. And you got Sandy Alcantara in your starting rotation all of a sudden. And you have someone like, I don't know, maybe just Espinal's at second base. Or, or it's, it's a bit of an easier kind of a hole to plug. What do you think about that kind of a scenario? Nah. You're not going for that. Go fuck yourself. I want more than Sandy Alcantara for Bo Bichette, if that were to ever happen, which I don't need it to happen. But the resurgent, like the the how Alec Manoa has come up into the big leagues and been incredible. Like his numbers are off the charts for guys in their first little stint with a team. So you have him. Let's assume Ryu can maintain some of this. Uh, you've got Jose Barrios, who you know is going to be a good number two, three starter in theory. You'd have to imagine that that could be mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have other possibilities of signing a free agent pitcher who can come in here. You don't have to lose your one of your franchise faces of this team, a guy who can probably like string together a batting title, like our battle for MVP. Um, Bo Bichette is just getting started. I don't want to get rid of him. Now, if Marcus Simeon is gung-ho on playing shortstop and that's his deal and he says, I am not coming here unless I play shortstop and Bo Bichette says, fuck that, then we say goodbye to Marcus Simeon. That's what I think about that. Even though Marcus Simeon has... Like he's playing for a contract, man. You don't know. Like you don't know what he's going to be like next year. He's playing for a fucking contract. Who knows what he's going to be like? Who knows what Bo's going to be like next year? Bo could have one of the greats. Like I believe that he has in him the potential to have like one of the great seasons of all time in terms of like Blue Jays players. Um, I, I believe that fully. I don't disagree. I love Bo Bichette. I think he's incredible. I just also think that Sandy Alcantara is pretty fucking good too and throws like a 93 mile per hour change up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so tough with young pitchers who throw so hard because it always feels like they're an outing away from getting injured, their arm falling off, and then all of a sudden you're done and you don't have them for a year. Yeah, Bo Bichette's like a swing away from losing an arm. from it popping out of his shoulder and landing on the ground like Buck Martinez's legs maybe they'll put those up in the Canadian Hall of Fame I think Buck Martinez's legs are bronzed and put up in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and maybe it could be Boba arm could be put up there next to him I'm getting a little sick of Buck Martinez's shit in terms of what, like, be specific about it, because I, I I get into this, man. Like, it's so complicated. I I I went back and forth the other night while I was pissing, having this conversation with myself about, like, you know, because obviously there's a lot of hate on the internet by, well, by by a lot of people about different Blue Jays things, but people can get pretty uh, angry about buck martinez and then i'm like yeah buck martinez i i i play i listen to a game and i get through a whole game and by the end of the game i just want to fucking just grab his cheeks and just tell him to shut the fuck up for a little bit and now his cheeks yeah. his face cheeks or his ass cheeks yeah, his face cheeks just kind of grab a hold of them like, you shut the fuck up you little. i don't think you could get much from the cheeks i think you gotta go down a bit lower get those jowls i think you could really pull on his jowls agreed but the thing is, then I think about like this man has given 
his life to the Blue Jays. Like, as a he's been a player, a manager, an analyst, a play-by-play dude. Like, his whole fucking life has been the Blue Jays, and all we do is fucking shit on him. And and you know, I, I do think that like the casual fan loves Buck Martinez, right? Yeah, well, he's like a Canadian icon. Yeah, he's just like. Uh... He's like the Terry Fox of baseball. <laughs> what becomes really tough is people who watch every game mm-hmm. start to notice that they don't do a broadcast for people that watch every game. They do a broadcast for people who might watch once a week or who haven't yeah. watched in three weeks and they have to dumb everything down and say the same shit over and over again. But I start like his, his like beef with Alejandro Kirk and just generally, yeah, I was going to say that his beef with Alejandro Kirk, you know, there must be some, I feel like Alejandro Kirk must have subtly disrespected yeah. him in some way. And now Buck is just like, like systematically trying to break down this narrative so that people don't like him. And then I was, because even when uh, Alejandro Kirk hit that uh, single the other day to go up three, one against, I think it was the white Sox they were playing. And he, he was kind to Kirk in that moment, but I was like really listening. I was like, what is he going to say? Yeah. I was like, what is his problem with him? Is it just a weight thing? Like, what is he, what's the deal? Yeah. Just like going on talking about how he's like a, he's a, he's not a power guy. You know, he's like a slap hitter. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? This guy, this guy like smokes, he's done nothing but hit for power and doubles. Maybe he's not like a home run guy, but like he's going to be slugging the shit out of the ball. That's what he's here for. And he's been hitting, He's been he's been like the best player of the last month. Maybe maybe not. It's also but to your point to some degree though when you're saying that they that these broadcasts aren't made for the people who are watching every game and that they continuously pump the same narratives like you know Vladdy's weight loss, Marcus Simeon is a free agent, Robbie Ray has found the strike zone again. You know all that shit that they talk about all the time. That's not Buck's fault. That's the producers. That's like the the people who are putting together these shows now. Buck. Because he's been there so long, might have something to say about it. But I'm sure that in itself also makes his job. Catchers on easier. one knee is is not what they all have to talk about. How many how many times is it every game? Is it every other game that he goes on a fucking tirade about catchers on point, one knee? Buck's trying to like leave his legacy at this point, <laughs> and he wants to go out like. And as he's drowning right now, he wants like certain things to be known that he was an advocate of. And catchers on one knee is one of them, and he just wants to make that clear. He wants as many people as possible to know that catchers on one knee um, is a stupid idea. But there's obviously a reason that all big league clubs are doing that. You just wish that we could have a stern conversation with Rogers Sportsnet and just. Just meet us kind of halfway for the people that do watch every game and to get a bit more edge out of the guys. Like you listen to any of those guys, even Buck Martinez, go on the radio and start talking about the Blue Jays and hear their actual opinions and not just have this fucking PG. Like, and I, Not that I'm saying I need them to swear, but just like have their actual thoughts and, and real feelings and not just like this like rosy, like everything's great kind of bullshit same you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say something that's gonna blow your mind right now i think one guy that does that that we've always ripped hard on is josh goldberg oh no josh goldberg man i'm gonna give it to josh goldberg right now he's he's grown on he goes on the tv no no he doesn't go but like i just mean a voice for somebody who works for sportsnet who is a voice 
for the Blue Jays who rips the Blue Jays and gives me his honest opinion about how he feels about these guys. He's like one of the few, and he does it harder than Joe. And I mean, you obviously give Joe more credit because he played in the big leagues, but man, Josh is as negative as anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I, I, I do like, I've come around a lot more on Joe Siddle though. And I think that's partially from hearing him on the radio, but I do feel like he's, uh, he he's a bit better uh, on TV compared to compared to some of the guys. I don't. I, I, I'm getting distracted, I guess. But uh, Buck Martinez. Uh, you know who's an old man? I do. This is a hot take, man. This is a hot take. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that feel this way. But man, I am a fan of Tony La Russa. <laughs> what the fuck? You told me this in the text like eight minutes before we started doing this. And I can't wait for you to set this up. And I guarantee everybody out there listening who's listened to these shows before, I guarantee 80% of this is just shit you make up (laughs) (laughs) that you believe is true. This dude is 76 (laughs) years old. He wears, like everyone's like, he wears blue glasses. He wears the full... (laughs) I don't know what those blue lenses are, man, but it looks like he gets like out of like his like, I don't know, convertible in Miami, puts on his fucking uh, baseball uniform, has his hat on and leaves the glasses on. And he, this is the crazy thing. The dude stands for the entire game. He doesn't sit and he's 76 years old. Can you stand for a, for a three and a half hour ball game? I can't. Dude, his knees probably don't bend. Like he probably, he probably has, he probably has a weird car that he has to get placed into and just stiff legs his gas pedal the entire way home. I don't think he has a choice in that regard. This dude, like, I feel like he is. I would, I would just love to hang out. I would love to be on this team. The way seeing him rip his young catcher for not looking over at the at the bench. I just love that he he's he seems like the exact opposite of Charlie Montoyo and it seems like uh you know he just doesn't he's obsessed with baseball. His whole life has been about baseball. Uh he doesn't give a fuck about anything else, but he's not like he's not cheerful in any way about it. He looks like he looks like he would get into a fist fight at 76. And the way he goes out and like rips into players and tries to defend people who got get hit, like he's just uh, there's just something. He's a cowboy to me, man. He seems like a fucking cowboy. And uh, uh, seeing him openly screaming and swearing at his own player, his catcher, for for pitching to Vladdy and not looking over to get a sign for what to do. I, I just it just made me uh, so like the I, guy. I I'm with you to a point, but and my he's like point in his seventies, getting DUIs. Man, this guy's getting lit yeah, out at the bar. I mean, like, fuck it, I DUI. can drive. When he got that DUI, they pull him over, and you can see, he just starts telling him like, "I'm a Hall of Famer, baby." Yeah, that's you awesome. To pull me, no, that's fucking garbage. That's fucking garbage. And now we want to go back to this catcher thing because so. Um, this rookie catcher, I don't know. I don't remember the fuck his name is. Sebi Zavala or something. So he doesn't look over and because he's all livid that they gave Vladdy a 3-1 fastball and Vladdy drives it. Uh, who threw the fucking pitch? 
Lance Lynn, Cy Young, probably like he's probably going to be top two Cy Young this year. He's a veteran and Lance Lynn's a big guy and Lance Lynn's a fiery guy. He's got a big temper. So why is he just using the catcher as an example? What I would have liked for this 76 year old man to do is light them both up and say, this is the way that this is done on this team. You look over to me and I'm going to make that call. Do you think that Lance Lynn at his uh, veteran status on that team was like, I guess if Savvy Savalo thinks I should throw a fastball, I should throw a fastball. I don't have any agency for myself. And like, come on, that's fucking garbage. That may be true. That may be true. But there are communication lines. You know, it's it's not dissimilar to maybe like a to to a you know a military thing. You know, there's there's kind of rankings, and you know the catcher looks to the bench. Bench gives the sign, he puts it down, and the pitcher says, "Okay, I got that." But you know, they can't. They can't be like, "Hey, Lance, look over at us. We're gonna give you a sign because the catcher ain't ain't uh, doing what we want him to do." I don't know. I hear that, but I just don't. I just don't think that Lance Lynn falls into this place of like, "I guess everything's been sorted. I'm gonna throw this pitch." Whoops. That's fair. That's fair. But Lance Lynn has deserved his chance to make mistakes and in that situation they wanted him to be looking over uh and he was actively not you know and maybe he's in the moment and he's like fuck it i got this i imagine what tony russa did happens all the time behind closed doors and i'm not somebody who cares about no this should be happening behind closed doors because i like being entertained i like seeing freak outs i love watching people freak out i love a meltdown i love a meltdown where things are thrown things are hit i love when you can read lips and people are saying crazy angry crazy things so for me do it all on the field uh but i'm all to say I imagine what he did happens behind closed doors all the time. Yeah, and I love seeing it not behind closed doors, live in the moment. And uh, that's, yeah, that's great TV. I would love to to watch Tony La Russa every game, especially when you're winning as many games as the White Sox are and you've got this guy, uh, you know, who, who's going to get ripped on if he makes mistakes too, there's no matter what. But he, so far, he isn't. And he's obviously got an incredible team to work with. And, you know, if he was managing our team and made mistakes, be like, he's now. we got to get a new guy in here. <clears throat> but, uh, and, and I'm not one of those guys that uh, is uh, anti-Montoyo. Um, that's one of the most annoying things on Twitter. I, I've, it makes me want to get rid of Twitter, the amount of, of uh, hate for Montoyo and calls to have his, his job taken from him. And, you know, people, people want to give it to Schneider. To John Schneider, just like who? What the? How the fuck could you possibly think that Sh- Schneider's going to do a better job? Doesn't even it's, make sense. And I just feel like there's there's an actual like uh like inherent kind of systemic racism built into that thinking that you could possibly think that the bench coach, the white bench coach, is going to be uh different or better or make different decisions based on fucking what just because you would like the look of him and you you he had a success in the minor leagues guess what Charlie Montoyo had an insane amount of success in the minor leagues you fucking idiots god yeah I didn't even consider the systemic racism in that which probably means I'm a part of it um 
Did you see the other night when John Schneider got thrown out of the game? Mm. It's, it's crazy what you can say to an umpire, yeah. actually. And then, like, I always think about them showing up the next day because he was like, fuck you. Fuck yourself. You're a piece of shit. Yes. Fuck you, you piece of shit. And then, like, what do you do? You just show up the next day and be like, hey, man. Pete, Sorry how's it going, that. man? Sorry about that shit. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. They're all used to it, man. They all do it. They yeah, all fucking true. do it. Great. Uh, another moment Buck got wrong the other night. I'm pretty sure I tweeted about this from our account. Uh, follow us at Underdogs Canada. Um, the uh, final strikeout of Robbie Ray on Tim Anderson. Um, they kind of had some. Well, uh, Robbie Ray had a huge outburst of emotion, screaming, and uh, Tim Anderson was walking off the field, and Buck decided that he thought. <laughs> He he looked into it and he thought that uh, that Anderson was was saying that he was uh, respected him and that he thought it was uh, impressive and you did a good job and in like in multiple times throughout the night I kept saying that uh, that that was kind of the respectful thing that happened. Meanwhile, it didn't appear that way at all to me. And as I said in the tweet, I'm not John Boy, but as I was reading his lips and he's walking off smiling looking at Robbie Ray and Robbie Ray looks back and smiles at him. He looked like he was over and over saying, yeah, it's an out, man. That's an out. Yeah, it's it's an out, man. It's an out. <laughs> As if to say, relax, fucking buddy. Yeah, I mean, whether or not he respects or doesn't respect Robbie Ray is probably not apparent in that moment at all. I'm sure he probably does respect Robbie Ray. Oh, yeah. Imagine that Robbie Ray respects Tim Anderson. But that's not what that moment was about. No, that's not that moment is at all. (laughs) Like, that's just the way, like, Tim Anderson... Tim Anderson will show up a pitcher, but he'll also, like... He gives space for certain pitchers to have some emotion, too. I mean, certainly... him and Alec Manoa had a nice little exchange at some point earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I like Tim Anderson, man. I think he's fun. He's fun when he's up and like when you're playing against him, that whole White Sox team is fun. Yeah, I agree. Tim Anderson's awesome. And I, and I do think that, yeah, I'm sure he does respect Robbie Ray, but, and uh, I, I, I couldn't tell if it was just like, I, I guess I, I, I just, uh, I liked that it wasn't him like, being pissed off that Robbie Ray was like trying to show him up or anything. He was just literally just like trying to start some shit, you know, going, yeah. going back at him. Not because you yeah, know, Tim Anderson is known for chucking like overhand, throwing his bat as bat flips. <laughs> yeah. He had that great walk off in the uh, field of dreams game. That's yeah. a nice little, uh, that's a nice little bat flip in that one. Yes, indeed. Uh, I've got this idea, David. It's uh, it's a bit off the off the wall here, and you're probably going to think it's one of my more stupid ideas here. But you know, I, that's uh, I mean, there's some big players in that list, so yeah, let's see. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know about you, and it's not just because we're not going to make the playoffs, but I've been thinking about our divisions, and I'm a little sick of it all little sick of, uh, uh, of of all of it to be honest and and I think that we could do something cool to shake things up shake everything up and I you know there's there's been ideas about you know just having an east and a western conference that's kind of cool what if we still had groups of five divisions but they were lotteried each season grouped into that would make 
Go, go ahead. That would make travel a fucking nightmare. No, no, no. It's it would still, make travel it's still, a fucking nightmare. It's still east, west, and central, or just east and west. Uh, <clears throat> where, where, and and check this out. National League, American League. It's all DHs. We can mix those up. So we've got a a kind of wild group of ten. Uh, at least on the east and like some of the central teams could be mixed in too like we could we could pull in some of the more easterly things and it's almost like a, it's almost like the world cup where we kind of have these we could have like one season you could have a group of fucking death and have yankees and red Sox and uh, i don't know you could have all these big teams that are still in the same division or you could have the mets and the yankees in the same division for a season uh, but things could get it, it wouldn't go ahead it would be really interesting in general like it because like, there could be some fun possibilities you could get you know like you could see teams you don't get to see and which might be good for uh people that don't watch that often or people that just want to see something different or even like people in canada that are fans of other teams they don't get to watch too often um but one of the problems you would see, I mean, this will never happen. Let's just say that right now. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that you would run into is MLB would take just a fucking whale-sized dump if you couldn't have Yankees-Red Sox matchups as um, frequently as they happen in the setup that it is now. And there's a couple other, you know, like Dodgers-Giants, um, you know, Padres-Dodgers, all these things that MLB is like trying to capitalize off on the excitement of would be potentially gone. Now, there's not a ton of uh, rivalries in the big leagues that ex- in, incite, you know, um, national attention there's obviously some that that incite you know state attention or city attention but i don't know maybe like, maybe it, some it, of them you... are a little stale does anyone even like are you tuning in now because for the yankees red sox games now like i i don't i feel like they've lost the kind of uh intensity of the rivalry maybe having like a step back and only having a few like five games instead of like 20 or whatever that they have normally that like, could help I think a, a, a White Sox. I think a White Sox Jays rivalry is exciting. White Sox Jays. Yeah, for sure. I still think Dodgers Padres is exciting. I still think Dodgers Giants has some excitement to it. Uh, but, but the thing is, I, I, the, the thing Jay, Jays Rays can go fuck itself. I don't. The Jays Rays is, is 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 it's it's more just enraging, but it's not fun. Like it's not an exciting rivalry. The thing is, new rivalries can be formed, as you're saying. And old rivalries can get a bit of space. And there's still only like there's still only ten teams in each coast. If you're keeping it to the coast, it's still likely it's like fifty fifty that you're gonna still end up in the same division as you normally have, but it there is slight shakeups. But what if you get a great rivalry? What if the Jays and the White Sox get paired up and they are playing each other all the time and then the next year different again. And then you're like, ah, that thing's gone. Now what? Well, the White Sox are a central team. I think shaking up the central would be ideal, right? Like getting rid of the central and putting in the east and western of them would be ideal, right? Because the central's so fucking soft, or at least normally. But you're saying this gets reconfigured every year, or are you saying it just does it once and then we deal with that for every a while? year, man? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, it's hard to know. It's like going to a restaurant because you like a certain dish and then you sit down and it's not on the menu anymore. You're like, ah, I only came here for that. Well, you you try something new. I don't know. It's still fucking baseball. Well, that's my point too, is that it is baseball and people like the same shit all the fucking time. 
I I don't know, man. I'm just saying we split it. We split it down the middle. Like, yeah, I get I get people on the same thing, but I think it's a cool idea. I just don't ever. I just can't see it happen. Yeah. Who else? Who I'm just looking at. Who else? Phillies. You know, and National League teams that we would see more of. Um, obviously tigers that's always been a good we you could end up in a division with them um braves the blue jays could so easily be in a division with chicago and detroit those cities are so close to each other yeah uh one two three four of course the central is obviously way closer i'm looking at a map uh mlb map by teams right now and there's way more kind of if you're splitting it down the middle, it's way more heavily weighted towards the East Coast than it is the West Coast. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, then you could possibly even have like Houston and the Dodgers. Like Houston could become a West team. Oh yeah, you start having That'd be exciting. Start having that kind of a thing. Uh, they should actually do it and say that it's random, but actually control it right. and actually make it so that those sort of things are possible. But I was thinking that, well, I mean, you could still probably control it, but that even each season, it would be this whole huge, exciting day where it's like a, a ballot and we have the fucking a TV event where the, divi- the each division is chosen and... You get content from like that. something where like you could like vote into what rivalries you want to see the most based on like what had happened. Like obviously, <laughs> like if something like the scandal of the Astros comes out, like your Dodgers fans are going to want blood. Uh-huh. They're going to want that team, and so then like it could be like you know like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, to some degree. I've just you know obviously it stems from you know frustrating seeing uh, these central teams. You know how bad that like. Cleveland's the sec the team in second in the central after the White Sox and they're just like fucking it's it's annoying. It's really annoying. Yeah. The Blue Jays would be a playoff team if they're in the central, maybe. Ah no. I mean who knows? Who knows? And, I don't want to give the Blue Jays any credit. They don't deserve it. No. Um did we decide between Simeon and Ray? You chose you chose Ray? I didn't. I actually avoided it. Now you've brought it back. I thought I was clear and free. Uh, oh, fuck. Simeon. You choose Simeon. Yep. And uh, it's a big number. You know, we're looking at almost George Springer-like contract. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man, because, I mean, Vladdy hits arbitration this offseason, so he's going to get a big raise. Bo hits arbitration this offseason. He's going to get a big raise, and then those money, that money's only going to go up, and then hopefully you re-sign them. So then you've got a ton of money on the books, which they don't have a lot right now, but you got to make your decisions real carefully based on how much you're going to be able to spend over the next five years. Absolutely. I mean, they could sign both of them, and just to say, obviously, they could sign both of them. Yep. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a chance they they might they they're gonna try and sign both of them. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna play uh, one way or the other too strongly. Um, but you know we're we're this is our last season of playing Troy Tulowitzki. Tulo's coming off the books, baby. We got some money opening up. We're we're uh, our our money for uh, what's his 
Tanner Roark. Ugh. I didn't think we'd ever say that name again. That was so gross to hear. 12, mil- 12 million bucks, baby. <clears throat> um, there's there's money. I, I guess I just I just I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about this team. And obviously, like we talk about how young and cheap uh we are, but like I'm just like, how do we how do we get better next season? Obviously having better relievers is gonna help, but like I'm just like I'm just worried. You know, like we talk about next year being like the beginning of the actual contention window and how that's all going to come together. I'm like, but I'm just like, it's so shocking how good obviously Simeon and Ray were this season that you think about losing either one of them and the team somehow getting better beyond just like maybe Vlad is more consistent throughout the through to the end of the season. We have healthy Springer. like Like, I don't know. And you don't have the, you know, potential as unlikely as it may be of like a Simeon Woods Richardson coming up anymore. Nope. And like the Nate Pearson thing doesn't even, I don't even know what that is anymore. Nope. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, through your, through your catcher, like you start to have uh Mourinho, maybe Mourinho comes up. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. Like, it's just concerning to me. I'm trying to figure it out. But maybe just having some some more better, I think stable bullpen's bullpen, huge. Yeah. Bullpen's huge. And the, the, the other thing that's hard that I think we do a lot is you just assume young players get better each year. Uh-huh. And they don't regress. Uh-huh. And it's possibly possible they regress. Like, Vladdy could have a bat 260 next year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, obviously. Oh. I mean, he's he's batted that or less in August. So that could definitely happen. Um, anything else you want to say, David, or should we uh, should we get the fuck out of here? Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, right. Well, who are we playing tonight? We're still playing the Tigers. Um, who's who's pitching, David? Anybody good? I will. Well, do you like a guy named Alec Manoa? Yes. Yes, I really like Alec Manoa. <laughs> that dude is cool. Yeah. That dude is cool. What about the Tigers? Who do they got? Urania, Jose Urania. Two and eight with a six one nine. Sounds like a no hitter. <laughs> yeah, man. What what did last night's guy at five point eight or some shit? Score one run. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. One run. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, hey, leave us leave us a review or or, or something on the, on the page. Tell tell your friends. I know you're upset that we haven't been around. David went away. He was in Halifax. He's drinking on the on the on the ocean. I see my family in two years. Seen his and you're family be upset in two that years. That I go away. I don't even meet my niece until a couple weeks ago. The listeners are so rude. Yeah, like, get off my fucking ass. Get off his ass, man. And, like, I'm dealing with shit, okay? So, like, we'll see you soon. And know that that we appreciate you, okay? And that if you need something, you need to talk to somebody, just, just ask someone else. Okay. 
we can't always be here for you. We're not can't you can't we can't rely on us all the time, all right? We 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 we're tired. Okay, so uh <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next time, all right? Bye-bye.